With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Happy New Year, and thank you for downloading episode 142 of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Adam, from GolfUnfiltered.com. Follow me on Twitter, at GolfUnfiltered. Send me an email, GolfUnfiltered at gmail.com. Well, folks, I hope everyone had a safe New Year's Eve. We are now in 2018, and this year on the GU Podcast, we're going to focus a little bit more on storytelling, and not so much me telling you stories, but learning a little bit more about the guests that we have on the show. Uh, there's a lot of great men and women that make this game so enjoyable from many different areas, whether it be golf instruction, whether it be making golf equipment or covering the game, or in, as in the case of today's guest, Mr. Matt Saturnus from PluggedInGolf.com, just another fan of the game who does test golf equipment, who has his own website and team to help with that website, but he's also just a great person to talk to about the game in general, both on Twitter and over email, and I'm sure Matt would uh, also be a great person to talk to over a couple beers at the local bar. So today uh, we're going to talk to Matt, learn a little bit about what makes PluggedInGolf.com tick. But before we get to that conversation, I wanted to remind everyone as well about our Patreon page. And if you're not familiar with what Patreon is, it's a way for listeners to this show to uh, offer some support to help cover some of the costs that Golf Unfiltered requires to stay up and running. You can imagine that there's equipment upgrades, there's uh, hosting services that we have to keep things, uh, you know, we have to keep the lights on somehow. And so this is a way for you to support us in that effort and to help make this podcast as good as it can be. There's some reward tiers that you can check out, everything from gaining exclusive access to member-only podcast episodes. You'll also have early access to regular episodes like this, a full 24 hours in advance than anyone else. And so just go out to Patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Golf Unfiltered, and you'll see all the reward tiers that I'm talking about. So... Aside from that, I hope everyone's looking forward to a great 2018. We're going to keep doing what we do here, and we're going to kick things off in the right direction by talking to Mr. Matt Saturnus from Plugged In Golf. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Golf Unfiltered podcast. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have Mr. Matt Saturnus from PluggedInGolf.com. Matt, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this Saturday morning. Thank you for having me. And Matt, Plugged In Golf is a fantastic website, and listeners to this show know that we like to talk about golf equipment, and I love talking to people like yourself that also like talking about golf equipment, and so you're among friends here, Matt. And so uh, instead of me going into about what Plugged In Golf is, why don't you give us a little background as to how you got involved with uh, you know, writing about golf as well as what Plugged In Golf actually is about? Sure. Um, so I came to golf a little bit late. I didn't pick the game up till college, uh, seriously, but once I did, it was full bore obsession. Hmm. Um, for about 10 years, if you had a golf website, I was on there probably every day, uh, forums, websites, blogs, the whole, 
full nine yards because uh, I just wanted to know everything there was to know about every aspect of golf from equipment, club building, fitting, teaching, biomechanics, I mean, everything. I was I was in for everything. Um, and then during that time also, uh, I had the chance to work in a number of different jobs in the golf industry. I did retail, I did club fitting, I taught, I coached. Um, and then somewhere in there, uh, for it just kind of happened that I started writing about it. Hmm. And uh, about four years ago, it uh, kind of started to click to me that there were a couple problems, as far as I was concerned, uh, with golf information on the internet. Um, so the first thing was there was it, nothing was really comprehensive. So if I wanted to find iron review, reviews of all the irons of a certain year, you know, that, that have come out recently, mm -hmm. I'd have to jump around between a bunch of different sites or I could go to a forum and yeah, there are people who are writing about all these different irons, but trying to find all that, you know, I'd rather slip my wrists. So, <laughs> um, so that was part of it. And then the other thing with the forums you know, especially as I became a little more knowledgeable and I had had experiences that I thought might be useful to share with people, I got really frustrated because I would share what I thought was good information based on learning from people who were experts and things like that. And, and my standing was the same as, you know, Tiger Fan 87, who, you know, has maybe never put his hands on a golf club. We don't know. Um, I found out a really kind of amazing example recently. I met a guy who uh, he was on Ping's tour van. He built Tiger's clubs because uh, he was on Nike's tour van. Hmm. Now he works for another OEM. And he was on, on message boards posting stuff. Um, he kind of is a low-key forum guy. Um, but obviously he's not out there telling you with every post, oh, here are my bona fides. Uh, and even if he did, you know, anybody could say that. Sure. But here's a, here's a guy who's a legit expert um, who we should all listen to if we want to learn about club building. And, you know, yet anybody could just shout him down and say, that's not how you do it. You know, you use Elmer's glue. Everybody knows that. <laughs> um, so those were the two big problems. And I said, you know, I, I think we can do better. Um, and our goal, the word I always use is resource. You want to come to, to Plugged In Golf. Um, the information is going to be easy to find. It's going to be easy to read. And the people who wrote it are going to tell you who they are. You know, you can come online and say, you know what? Matt Saturnus's credentials are garbage, and I don't really believe anything he says, and that's fine. Um, but at least I'm going to tell you who I am, and I'm going to tell you that I wrote this, and and then you can make that decision for yourself. Um, you know, and in, in telling the origin story, that was that's kind of my perspective on it. But I I don't want to. Um, this was not a one man operation here. Um, Bill Bush is the co-founder of Plugged In Golf, and mm -hmm. um, needs needs to get all the credit in the world because without him. Uh, I'd still be staring at WordPress.com trying to figure out how to start a website. Uh, <laughs> he is 100% of the technical acumen, um, which does not in any way take away from his golf acumen. He's also a better player than I am. Um, but he's uh, he was he and I met on the forums and then became friends in real life. We don't live that far apart, and we just kind of together uh, got this thing off the ground. You guys have done a great job getting it off the ground, and it's funny because. When I talk to people that have started websites or get involved in this social element of, you know, golf equipment or golf writing, most of them do it for a reason of, well, I just wanted to write about golf equipment. What I liked 
about what you just said, Matt, was that you started Plugged In Golf to address what you felt were two very big problems in what you've been, you were reading. And I find that very interesting because at Golf and Filtered, you know, we, we do a little club testing and it's certainly not to the degree that you guys do it or others. But when you talk about going onto forums and listening to what people are saying and even the example that you gave of the individual that was a club builder for tour professionals talking about clubs, what were some of the other elements that, you know what, prompted you to say, you know what, I can, I can do this and I feel like we need to get this information out because we're just simply not finding it anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I would say there a couple of things um, on the equipment side. Um, you know, when when you go to a forum, and I, and I still love forums. I'm not dumping on forums at all. Sure, um, it, it's fun to go on there and talk, and you end up building a little community with people you you kind of know, quote unquote, and that and that's that's great. But nobody in a forum. They, let me put it this way: when you're writing a review of equipment in a forum, you're probably writing about something you own. So mm. basically, every review in a forum is going to be. I bought this because I liked it. And so, yeah, I think this is great and it's the best one. And, you know, you know, you're definitely trying to make yourself feel good about what you purchased and that's, that's natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas we're going to test everything and we, it can be a little less emotional and um, people can, you know, certainly there are people who comment and kind of let me know that uh, they know what we like and they know how their preferences relate to ours. Mm -hmm. So maybe if I say, okay, this feels a certain way they can say, okay, well he said that about this other club, which I liked. So maybe I'll try that as well. Or alternately, maybe they say Matt's feel and my feel just are not the same. So his reviews aren't as useful to me, but, but Matt Meeker's are, or Bill Bush's are. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that, that really, uh, pushed me was was the instructional piece um that mm. i mentioned I, I taught i'm not by any means claiming to be any kind of high level instructor but um but i know some of the fundamentals i know some of the physics and the science and um especially when you go down that road you're getting really deep into uh, on the forums that is you're getting really deep into here's what worked for me uh you know I think I'm a great player and, and there, there's another one where you go on the forums and everybody's a two handicap. Right. <laughs> right. right. Um, you know, and you know, here's how you play this shot or here's how you do that. Or it's like, well, where's the, where's the proof of that? Where's the, um, where's the, the substance. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's the other part of that is, you know, I'm kind of increasingly filtering myself out of some of the instructional stuff. We're bringing some people on board and we've had some people on board who are truly experts in their field. Um, if you want to learn about golf fitness, um, we have a guy, Tyler Parsons, who is a physical trainer for PGA tour pros. Um, so you can get information direct from him that he's using out on tour. And that's, that's pretty hard to argue with in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And you know, at pluggedingolf.com, you've got a lot of different elements. You've got instruction, as you mentioned, you've got, Equipment reviews, which I would say, is it fair to me for me to say that equipment reviews is pretty much the the main topic of choice at Plugged In Golf? It's definitely the bulk of what we do. 
um, just a, you know as a as a percentage of content, it's far and away the the biggest thing we do. And what I like about your reviews, Matt, is you you've broken it down into very succinct, easily digestible portions. And you've got I lo- I love that you do the fifty words or less, for example. Uh, people that want to come on and uh, onto a website, read a little bit about golf clubs that they're thinking about purchasing. They don't want to read a novel. They mm-hmm. want to, they want to go in really quick and just get a quick snippet and say, okay, well, what did Matt think about this? What did you know Adam at GU think about this? A few other places perhaps, but they they are in the moment wanting to make a club purchase. Do you find that from the feedback you've gotten from readers that it is really that that quick, or do people? want more information than perhaps they even know that they need. And what I mean by that is most people, I would hope, don't make an impulse buy for a $600 driver. But maybe I'm wrong on that. You know, maybe maybe people want a little bit more information. Where, Where do you find that balance, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Where do you find that balance for is, you know, how much content do you put into a review? Yeah, I think that's a... That's something we're we're always kind of going back and forth on in our head. Mm-hmm. Um, and there there are a few different things um, that I, I could touch on based on what you said that came to mind. Um, one of the first things is that I a lot of what informs what we do on Plugged In Golf is when I try to learn about other things. Mm. Um, as much as we're a, a website for golf nuts and we've got people who are there every day, and that's great. I, I'm super appreciative of those readers. Um, I think a lot about what I go through when I'm trying to learn about, say, I, I just bought a new camera recently. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I, I take, I, I've used a camera a lot, but I'm by no means a professional photographer. So when I go to a camera website, I'm just looking for that 50 words or less. Mm. Um, I don't want, like you say, I don't need a novel explaining the minutia, the technical aspects, because I don't understand it anyway. Um, so you're right. There is a balance. I want to make sure that we're, we're offering something to that person who is like me with a camera who just wants that high level. Is this for me or not? Um, that kind of experience. But then also when you get into that performance side, delve a little more deeply into what are the specifics? How does this compare to other products in its category? Uh, and then the last thing I'll, I'll add on to that is that our message from the from day one has been about the importance of getting fit and the importance of equipment that works for you. So we get, I would say, about half of our comments are people saying, Matt, what do you think about this club for me? Huh. And every single response you can go through, I, I, have, I don't think I've ever recommended a club ever because I just tell people, you need to get fit. Maybe this generally fits your handicap range. And that's what our reviews are, are for is for you to decide, okay, here are five clubs that I'm interested in because of whatever. They're, they're low spin drivers. They're forgiving irons. Um, now I need to take that information, go visit my fitter and hit those five things and go and then make a final decision. That's that's really interesting, and it's kind of addressing the the elephant in the room, so to speak, for for guys like you and me who who do these websites and do equipment reviews. It's uh, we we work a lot with companies and their PR representatives, and they will more than likely send us equipment 
to review in exchange for hopefully a positive review from us. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you know, when you have readers asking for recommendations and I've certainly never been in the position to make that recommendation. People probably shouldn't listen to what I recommend, <laughs> but you've actually done club fitting. You've, you've actually taught. And so you, you've got a little, you know, uh, you've got much more uh, pr premise to give people on that regard. But how much of this, again, it's all about a balance, right? How much of this is I'm going to give a positive review for something that I truly enjoyed using versus, you know what? I'm saying this because an equipment company sent me a, a set of irons. You know what I mean? It, sure. th there's there's a there's a balance there as well. And so, how do what you guys do at Plugged In Golf? How do, how do you guys give that presentation to the reader in a genuine manner? Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, I think the key for us, kind of the mission statement, takes care of that mm -hmm. because. If the mission statement, or uh, not the mission statement, but if, if the overarching belief is that everybody needs to get fit, then we're not really in the business of, of hyping a product or, or knocking it or telling you if I love it or not. I mean, certainly that, I think that comes through. Like I just got, I was fit for a set of Mira irons. Mm -hmm. um, they're, the performance is awesome. I love the way they look, love the way they feel. And it, does that come across in the review? Probably, I, I would think so. Um, but the heart of that review is still me saying to the reader, I'm this level of golfer. Here's what these irons do. Here's what these irons compare well to. Uh, here's who they are not for. And that's whether I like a product or not, I hope everybody can take that away from every review. Um you know, they're going to be like, I also just reviewed or at, I think it's going to go live next week. Um, the Wilson D three fifty irons, mm -hmm. which are meant for uh, a high handicap player who just needs to hit it up in the air, needs more distance, needs help hitting it straight. Um, do I personally love those irons as much? No. Um, am I going to put them in the bag? No, but Wilson themselves would tell you those irons aren't built for me anyway. So that's kind of irrelevant. Um, my goal in writing that review is to say, here's who they are for. Here's how they perform relative to other irons in that category. Are they comparable? Do they uh, live up to the claims that Wilson makes? Um, so, yeah, I think that personal taste always does come through and there are products you're more excited about than others. Mm -hmm. um, but for us, the concern about, uh, you know, I guess, pay to play or whatever you want to say about that, you know, we're giving, giving away good reviews isn't really a concern unless a product just is flat out bad, which in terms of clubs, there just aren't bad clubs anymore. Um, but you'll see if you go through, uh, there are plenty of training aids that I've told people, you know, you just flat out shouldn't buy this. It's not good. Um, people sending us free product is not, uh, has not ever kept us from, from telling people what, telling people the truth. Cause that's, uh, if once we lose the readers and they don't trust us anymore, then, then the game's over anyway. That's right. That's, that's a very good point. And I have seen, uh, those reviews where you say, you know what, maybe this isn't the best option. There's other options available that you could try. And I really appreciate sites like pluggedingolf.com that, that have that honest touch, you know, it's, it's interesting what you said about being fit for a specific 
type of irons. And I, as you know, I was also fit for the same brand. And I mm-hmm. imagine that we probably even talked to the same person at <laughs> a uh, club champion. But um, it's interesting because you play what's best for your game. And I'm just generally speaking the, the general you. And there's different price points in this game, as we all know. I'm, I'm stating the, the blindingly obvious fact here. And most people, I don't know about you, but I'm not rolling deep. And I'm probably not going to go buy a set of Mira irons had I not been fit for them through what we do with uh, writing about golf equipment. But I can speak to the benefit of playing a specific boutique brand. And because they're, they've helped my game, I'm sure they've probably helped yours as well. But most readers don't want to go that route. They want to go towards the big box. They want to go towards the OEMs that they can go and, and pull something off of the shelf and just buy and they really forego club fitting. And so is it frustrating in a way? I know how I would answer this, but <laughs> is, is it frustrating in a way to, to spend the time to go and test a set of clubs knowing that no matter how much you plead to the reader, that they're probably not going to go get fit? Uh there, there are plenty of things that frustrate me about <laughs> about what we do. That's not one of them. That's not one that causes me any lost sleep. What does frustrate um, you? Oh man, I, I should have I should have thought of a list before I, I threw that out there. That's okay. Um, I, you know what? I, I'll give you one. We actually we were just talking about this a minute ago. Um, is just there are the backseat drivers, the mm. the guys who sit on Twitter and want to tell you how this test you did was wrong and mm. this this is garbage your opinion is stupid whatever and it, you know it, i and i it's it's pretty cliche but i i think about that teddy roosevelt quote about the critic right mm-hmm. you know you want to you want to sit there and tell me how everything i do is wrong and stupid cool man launch your own website do your own testing and then you then tell me how easy this is and how smart you are and and you'll show me that way but uh but you know, I don't I don't have a lot of time for the people coming in the comments and telling me, you know, this is dumb. This was obvious, whatever uh, that that gets a little old. That's a that's a really good example of something that also frustrates a lot of people, I'm sure. I mean, we are we're, everyone's an expert on the Internet, Matt, as I'm sure that you've seen, <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and we talk a lot about just being honest to folks and letting them know, Hey, this is something that worked for my game. This is something that might not work for yours, but at least go try it. And then if they do, and they take that advice, then those are the people that continue to come back and read, you know, reviews that you do and your team does at, at plugged in golf. And, you know, it's funny because buying golf equipment now should be the easiest thing in the world because there's so many sites like me and you, uh, that give information. Some do it better than others. You do a great job over at Plugged in Golf. And still, though, there's a a feeling, at least for me, and let me know if you disagree, that there's an uneducated... uh, There's a tendency for people to be uneducated about the equipment that they want to go buy. Like, there's still people that'll go and stay... Like, I'm a Callaway guy until I die. And regardless of whatever comes out and that could benefit my game more than what I've been playing for the last 20 years, I'm going to stick with that brand. And I'm not picking on Callaway. It's just a brand that I that I thought of. Sure. Is there still that element where, you know, 
who are you catering to? I guess is what I'm asking. You know, are you, are you trying to inform general golfers who might be on the edge or on the fence of what they want to buy? Or are you targeting specific people who really want to be more educated about golf or that, go ahead? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and I, I, I can honestly say I've never really thought about it in those terms. Um, I kind of, as I, as I laid out, I, I, I did the website because it, I was kind of scratching my own itch, um, uh-huh. as far as what I thought we were missing. Um, and I just kind of hoped it, we would find an audience, which we have. Um, I think there's a mix. Uh, there, like I said, there are people who read the site every day who are, they, they've bought in, they understand club fitting. They just want to, you know, they want to know about all the clubs cause they're, they're nerds like us. Right. Um, I think there are definitely people, um, what I, I can gather from comments, that people who come in, they read the one review of the club they were interested in, and they're out. And that's that's perfectly fine as well. Um, I like to think, I guess, in a, if I'm being a little grandiose here and kind of stretching my arm, patting myself on the back, that um, you know, we're, we're helping to grow the game a little bit, helping reach a broader audience by making the information easy to read and accessible and straightforward. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we do, I think we touch a, a, a broad range of golfers. Um, but I, I agree with what you were saying at the beginning. I think there's absolutely a huge percentage of golfers out there who are still very much head in the sand about equipment and the difference it can make and club fitting. Um, I work with a guy who's an avid golfer, uh, pretty good player. But God help you if you tell him to play anything that isn't tailor-made. <laughs> uh, he, he will just turn right around and walk away from you. Um, I've you know, begged him to go get fit and, you know, try this, try this. No, 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 no. I just, I'm going to go out and buy the next tailor-made driver off the rack. That's what's for me. I said, okay, okay that's fine. I mean, I, I'm happy to keep beating at golf. But, um <laughs> Yeah, that's there. Those people are absolutely out there. I mean, just look at the fact that the top two selling things in golf retail are the Pro V1 and the Pro V1X. Mm-hmm. When there are so many golf balls that are as good or better, and certainly less money. You know and that, that I'm, you know I'm in that group. I'm just teeing, I'm just teeing you up for that one. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to be a good guest. Yeah, man. Uh, man, we could have an entire episode on that, but you know. Let's talk about that briefly. And listeners, I swear we're going to get to some fun questions here in a minute. <laughs> I like to get deep. With this isn't this isn't fun. I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of this. But <laughs> you know, it's funny because we talk a lot about a lot of different brands, and you know, pulling the the, the curtain back a little bit, Matt. I mean, golf balls. Yeah, they people need to make money. These companies need to to pay the bills, and they they pass on a lot of the costs of sponsorships of a lot of the type of stuff, you know, R and D all that to the consumer. And as you teed up so nicely for me, <laughs> you know, golf balls are one of those products that you don't have to pay a ton of money for to, especially something that you're probably going to lose anyway, let's be honest, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to pay a lot of money for those things. But then in the same breath, you know, for me, I feel a little hypocritical because as we just talked about, you know, I play some pretty expensive golf clubs. I'm sure you do too. You have the opportunity to test a lot of different equipment. There's the kind of that balance as well. 
You know, it's like, you know what, you're not, I don't want you to go and play, you know, $60 a dozen golf balls, play something cheaper, but I'm going to sit back here with my, you know, $3,000 set of clubs. You know, golf is a weird game in that regard, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Um, And I I was thinking about that this morning, um, kind of preparing for this interview. Um, I think that where I think I come down on that, first of all, the, the banner, all this is set under a banner of do what you want. It's your money. Um, Absolutely. I, I certainly don't care. Um, but for me, it comes down to a, a is there a performance trade-off? Mm-hmm. Like people get really mad when I write about PXG and I say that it's just not better than anything else. I, I'm sorry to anybody out there who owns PXG. Like <laughs> if it fit, if it fit you and it's better for you, that's cool. But like in an objective sense, it's not better than anything else. It's just triple the price, and the price is the feature. Um, so with the golf ball, if I can buy a urethane covered ball that performs really well for twenty dollars or thirty dollars, why am I paying the premium for a Pro V? Mm-hmm. Right. That that I don't get. Um, and if I could get irons that that felt like my Muras. At, at a different price and and again the the fact that you know they were provided for for you and for me for both of us i think mm-hmm. it that makes a difference i don't know that i would have paid for that out of my pocket i just don't, don't know if that's feasible for me um but if you are looking at at eight hundred dollars a thousand dollars whatever for a set of irons if there is a performance benefit to be had there over a set of irons that's 600 well that makes sense plus an iron set can last you a decade Right. You know, so that that's a different thing. I, I don't I think you're really getting into apples and oranges. And I know on your previous podcast, somebody tried to call you out for the mirror irons because you were dogging on Pro V1s. And <laughs> I just don't think it's I don't think it's the same thing, because um, like you said, you, you lose it, you, you scuff it. And, and there's just there's the same thing out there for less money. So it's it's very much people buying the name and the, you know. The membership into the club of of Titleist. Right. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of that. And the day that I that my chances of of losing my seven iron in a lake increase is the day that I switch <laughs> to a to a, a cheaper brand, but or a less expensive brand, I should say. Interesting stuff, Matt. And you know, listeners, you know, we 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 talk a lot about a lot of things here on the show. And Matt does a great job over at PluggedInGolf.com talking about these types of questions you know he he does a great job with all the reviews he and his team do a great job with all the reviews and and i would say that above all the things that i like about plugged in golf mat is the fact that you guys do take this tone and approach with everything that you do it's very honest it's quite clear that you're not in the pockets of anyone else. You know what I mean? It's, it's very informative and you guys do a great job in a very succinct manner of uh, reviewing golf equipment, of talking about instruction and it's presented very well. And so bravo to you guys uh, for doing that. Um, I'll get you out of here on just a couple quick, quick hit questions here. Okay. You've done a lot in 2017. You've uh, you constantly pump out content. I know you've got a backlog of other things that's going to be released in 2018. But thinking back over the last 12 months, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. What was the most surprising piece of golf equipment that you can remember reviewing from the last 12 months? Ooh, surprising. Um, One way or the other. doesn't have to be good. 
you know, I, I, I'm, I know I may be a little bit biased because somebody just somebody just mentioned this on Twitter, so I just saw it, and it's a little bit top of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say two that were really good and that are a little under the radar. Um, that cavity back wedge that Cleveland put out mm-hmm. this fall, really good and really smart, and I hope they stick with that message that you know players with more than a three or four handicap ought to be playing a cavity back wedge because your irons are cavity back. So why Mm. not get that same forgiveness? And then uh, in that same uh, family, this wasn't a surprise because those smart soul wedges have been lights out from the first one, but the, the third smart soul came out this year. And if you have trouble with your short game, whether it's in the sand, can't chip, whatever, man, that is $120 well spent because they're just practically idiot proof. You just, you cannot follow those things up. Totally agree on that. I've got one in my bag, actually. Very well done. Yeah. yeah. As far as all the equipment reviews you've done over the last 12 months, uh, and I know we're talking a lot about equipment, but is there anything that you know really jumped out, as aside from what you just mentioned, that said, you know what, not only will this help my game, it's going to help most of our readers. Now, the Smart Soul Wedge might be that, but... Uh, even outside of clubs, is there something that really you feel isn't getting enough attention because it would help most people? Um, so I guess if we're if we're thinking about helping a lot of people, given that we've talked about fitting, I think we'd maybe skew towards a training aid. Um, I'll give you one that's not, I don't think, I think the, my review goes back more than a year on this, but it, it should get a little more shine is uh super speed mm. uh, it's a it's like a three club training uh program and like most of the tour is using it now uh billy horschel's posting videos using it yep. uh, has been for a while um and it is it's legit um really good i wrote a post uh, i want to say last summer my my club head speed got up to a level i'd never seen i've always been kind of a piker um like i i just don't have I didn't play ball and stick sports growing up. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know how to swing something fast, um, but using those and then using some of the information I got from Tyler Parsons about general golf fitness, um, my club had speed got up not to an elite level, but to a pretty good level where I was really pretty happy with it. Um, so if people are looking for more distance, um, I think those are phenomenal. Great training aids. Totally agree on that as well, Matt. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Mr. Matt Saturnus from PluggedInGolf.com. You can follow PluggedInGolf on Twitter, at PluggedInGolf. Imagine that. Matt, I really appreciate you coming on and telling a little bit about the story of PluggedInGolf, a little bit about your philosophy with club testing, and just basically talking about the game that we both love. This has been great. Thanks for having me on. 